Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, welcome to another episode of What is the Point? And I'm here with mom and dad. Oh, uh, hey. What's up, son? I've got... What's up, son? I've got Will. Hey, kiddo. And I've got <laughs> Heather. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, well, the the whole reason I introduced you, mom and dad. Well, I, I guess yeah, I guess that would make me... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nah, you know, we're all, we're all dads and moms to some extent. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but no, today we are talking about some family matters. That's why I said it. All right, okay, it's like yeah. Steve Urkel. To be, I don't know. Yes, yeah, like yes. Steve Urkel. No, oh, I love that show. Yes, yes. It's that's. Have you seen it? Did I do that? Okay. Oh uh, <laughs> yes. I thought you were gonna start singing the the theme song. Yes. yes. Oh I, yes, I love Steve Urkel. Family matters. Family matters. Like the Winslows. Oh everything. yes. Yep. It's all coming back to me. Now. No one knows what we're talking about. I don't think. I think we are at that age where Honestly, family matters. I, I don't know why I knew that. That that See? was a Steve Urkel. And you thing. were probably at the le- the last. Yeah. You were probably the I last. I can't recall actually. So if you're younger than twenty five, five. Yeah. You, sorry. Run your googles. Run <laughs> your googles. So today we're talking about family and that family dynamic, and so we're not really talking about. Obviously, I know. Um, Heather, you're getting married. Um, I'm married with a kid. Uh, Will's married with a kid. Um, so we're not really talking about the families that we lead right now. Um, we're more so talking about the relationship that we have with our parents because I think that applies to everybody. Regardless of if you have a family now, you also still have a relationship with your parents mm-hmm. that you you uh, probably care about more than you think, and it probably mm-hmm. affects you more than you think. Absolutely. Would be my guess. And, uh, you know, e- even if it's really good, um, there's some things you don't like. And even if it's really bad, there's probably some things that you've taken away from it that you thought was helpful. But I know that it, when you're in the thick of things, um, sometimes it's hard to navigate that. And I know uh, we, we all, well, not all of us, some of us, you know, especially if we grew up with parents in our house, um, you know, you, you kind of had a structure that you followed where, um, you know, the elementary years is more like, more like discipline, you know, you're figuring out what you can and can't do. And then you hit middle school and school and it's like the training years and, you know, you're, you're continually running the same play to try to try to figure things out. And then you, uh, in high school, you've got the coaching years where it's like, okay, you, you could go a lot of different routes and do a lot of things and be a lot of, uh, different things. But, um, you know, you're kind of coaching to, to kind of figure out where you're at. And then hopefully, when you hit 18 and you leave the house, you hit the friendship years. That's the hope. Yep. That is like the, I don't know if that's like the perfect uh, picture of, of what you hope uh, <laughs> you, the, the relationship is with your parents or what your parents hope the relationship is with you. But I know that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you leave, um, sometimes you're more frenemies than, <laughs> than uh, friends. So just curious, because I know we're talking about a wide dynamic range of people and situations. And I know even in this room, there's that. Give me a little bit about your your family dynamic. What's that like? <laughs> My family tree. Uh, it's 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 really wild, actually. So I I grew up. Uh, I didn't know my biological father. So the person I call my dad has been there since I was probably five or six. Uh, you know, obviously my mom, him, they got married. So he's he's technically my stepfather. What would we mm-hmm. call that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, got married. They you know 
were together for 15 years or probably even probably less than that, maybe 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they got divorced. Uh, my mom battled addiction uh, through my high school years. Uh, there was affairs. There was like a lot of criminal charges, a whole bunch of stuff that happened in that. So it really uh, divided my mm-hmm. family. And I'm the oldest. There are four. I have four siblings. Oh, no, I have three siblings. I'm the oldest of, the, of all of them. So uh, we, uh, as the oldest, you you are more aware, and so you, <laughs> yeah. and and so you you grow up really quick in an environment where there is addiction, where there is divorce, where there is mm-hmm. uh, X Y Z, and then you know I'm trying to shield my younger siblings from mm-hmm. that. So my family dynamic, I mean, my relationship with my siblings are great now. My relationship with who I call my dad now uh, is is great. My mom, I don't really have a relationship with. Uh, and that's something that is hard. Uh, it's, it's something that, and, and we'll dive into a little bit more of that later, but uh, it's something that I had to put distance in uh, mm-hmm. in order to heal and to grow. Uh, and then my siblings just really, you know, they were, mom was superhero. And mm-hmm. so for me to do that, my, my siblings saw me as uh, the bad guy. Like, why oh, are wow. you doing this? Why are you doing that? They didn't have the full story yeah. of what was going on. Um, and so... Uh, so yeah, it's it's it took a lot of healing, a lot of growth, but yeah, my family dynamic is 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 definitely uh different, but mm. maybe relatable to a lot of you yeah, know, a lot of absolutely. people. But yeah. uh yeah, so yeah, that's that's the uh Maxwell short That's awesome. Um yeah, I I also have three siblings, so I am the third of four, which is a completely different dynamic, I think, than the oldest. Um, but I think my oldest sister would say probably the same thing that you said just about like when you're the oldest, you have to grow up like a lot faster. And I think that's definitely true for her. So, uh, there's also like a a big age range from my sisters. So I have three sisters. My oldest sister is 32. My youngest sister is 21. So there's like a 12 or 13 year age gap there, which is crazy. Cause like my oldest sister left my house when I was like, 10 (laughs) like which was really weird uh for me so I think that even just created like a an interesting dynamic for my family uh my parents have been married for 30 something years they've been together yeah for ever um and I think something else that that creates that interesting family dynamic is that uh, my mom had my oldest sister when she was in high school so um I think something I think that creates a dynamic whether or not it's a spoken dynamic right um especially the older the the older that you get because kind of the family dynamics that you do get to see like you can start kind of tracing back to where those come from and so um not even just like my personal like my immediate family I think you know the older you get like there's this meme on Facebook it's like when you're finally old enough to understand the family drama (laughs) like family gatherings are fun like Christmas is fun because you get to you you know like hey I'm old now people sit at the big kid table sit at the adult table I'm so serious like I'm 25 now so I feel like I'm finally starting to like I'm in on the tea I got some of the tea you know Uh, But it's so interesting because I think, you know, whatever your family dynamic is, it or has been, it has such a huge impact on you and the way that you view the world. Um, And this is something that I kind of unpack through premarital counseling with my fiance is like, oh, that can be traced back to my family dynamic, that thought or that mindset or that feeling or insecurity or whatever. Um, And that doesn't mean that your family dynamic is bad or it's not a good family family dynamic. I am so thankful for my family. I I love my family. And, um, 
yeah, I, I mean, they, we, we have our own things just like every family does. But I think at the center of our family is just like we're so close and like just so supportive, like truly my parents and my sisters. I know like those people like are going to rock with me no matter what. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have like our own issues. But I, I will say that um, I know like the older I get and the more that I just kind of pack, unpack and unlearn and relearn, like my family dynamic has so much to do with all of those things. So. Yes, any good counselor will take you back to the beginning. Absolutely. And and it's not even the way sometimes your parents raised you. It's more so some of the assumptions that you had yeah. Yeah. while they were raising you that mm-hmm. kind of formed who you are and your what you viewpoint, think. And your your perspective viewpoint. Of exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and even for me, I mean, I had some of the greatest parents ever. Mm-hmm. Um grew up in church. They, they were pastors and still are. And, uh, man, I, I, I want to say probably every good trait that I have is from them and every bad one I probably picked up from somebody else, but, um, <laughs> it, it's crazy, you know, even, you know, from the outside for a while, it just seemed like we had like the perfect family mm. and then, you know, things start to happen and just, I've always been amazed at how they responded to, those things that come up and, and how gracious and, and merciful mm. they are on, yeah. on those things. And I'm just impressed every step of the way, even though probably growing up, I had some assumptions that they were going to be a little bit more judgmental. Mm. And, and, you know, so, so those were all things that I had to unpack after, um, college where I'm just like, man, the, actually these people are so incredible yeah. and I did not give them enough benefit oh, during absolutely. that time. I think that's just a part of growing up too, is like, you know, especially I think in my teenage years in most everybody's teenage years, like your parents are idiots, right? And you just uh, like yep. disagree with everything <laughs> that they say. And then like, for me, when I went away to college, I was like, Man, my parents are smart. Nope. <laughs> like, I call my dad constantly now. Do like, you remember when I did this? Yes. Oh, you were right. Because yes. my son is now doing the same exact 100%. stuff. hundred percent. I mean, and I don't have com- kids It comes yet, back around. You're yeah. like, oh, that's that's what you meant by that. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm yeah. just an idiot. I, I think that's so true. And I mean, what regardless of what your family dynamic is, like you're learning or, or unlearning things from yes. uh, what your parents were. But John, I totally relate to that. Because when I went to college, I was just like, yeah, they were right. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that, but they were right. But I also know that that's not true for everybody. Yeah. I know that uh, they, they've had situations where things have come up and, you know, it, it was that pivotal point in the relationship with their parents yeah. where they're like, this is either where I, I begin to trust you now or the trust has gone forever and mm-hmm. that hasn't met the expectation that you had. Mm-hmm. And now what do you do with that? But we'll, we'll kind of dive into some of that a little bit later. But I know we kind of explained our fi- family dynamics. And mm-hmm. for most of us, they probably look different. Yeah. Um, but what should our like relationship with our family look like? Like, it, mm-hmm. is there a specific way it should look? Is there a biblical way that it could look or should look? Or um, what do you think? Gosh, it's hard um, because I think like there are so many different family dynamics and there are so many different situations. And in some family dynamics, there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of toxicity. And um, so I don't think that there's like a blanket blanket statement or answer. But um, what I can say is I, I think that your relationship with your family should look like whatever the most health looks like in your life. And so I, I've had so many friends and, and talked to so many young adults that the healthiest thing for them and for their family, their parents, their siblings, whoever it is, was to take this season of like some time and space apart, right? And that doesn't mean that we're no longer family. It doesn't mean that we can no longer, uh, you know, have a relationship after this. This isn't like a permanent thing. But I know that there's been times um, where it is healthy to just say, listen, I have to set this boundary because there's things that I have to unpack. There's things that I have to learn and unlearn here. Um, 
And I think that can be so, so healthy for your family because what I do know and what I have experienced is when there's an obvious problem that maybe multiple people in the family feel, but we don't ever address it Mm -hmm. or we don't ever talk about it or call it what it is. And then we're all just dancing around whatever this is at every family gathering and the group chat. My family gets petty (laughs) in the group chat. I won't lie. Um, You know, but it's just like, and I I think there's a lot of family dynamics and and I'll say maybe even for mine where sometimes we just don't like actually talk about the problem. Yes. If there is one, yeah, you know, sure. and I don't think that that necessarily always will lead to health individually or as a family unit. Um, and so th- it's much easier to say than it is to do because nobody wants to, you know, t- talk through right. hard stuff or, or problems or especially if that f- problem exists in the family dynamic. Uh, but I just know that anytime that my family has done that, it's been so helpful and and so just healthy for our family unit. And we can come on the other side of that with a, a newfound respect and a, and a mutual respect for each other. And, you know, ultimately if the, the goal I know for my family is just always that, that restoration and being close, like we value being close, but you can't truly be close if you're dancing around Absolutely. problems. So, yeah. well, and, and I think it's tough because you're like, Oh, I could always go pick new friends yeah. if we get in a situation, but you can't pick a new family. <laughs> no. Right. So you're stuck, you're stuck with that yeah. for good or for bad. And so it's almost like, well, I gotta be here every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Let's not rock the boat. Mm-hmm. But every good relationship I've had has had tension and yeah. you work through that. 100%. So that's what makes that challenging. Yeah. I This question is tough uh, yeah. because it I is. don't know – like, I don't know if I've seen that successful family mm-hmm. or even, I don't even, that, that's even loaded right there. Like what is a yeah, successful right. family? Yeah, you know exactly. what? But I mean, I come from, I mean, everyone in my family's been divorced. Mm-hmm. Everybody like there is that, uh, I guess I would say like maybe a generational curse. There is that, you know, kind of in, in my family. But so like I, when I read this question, I'm like, Hey, what, what do I maybe wish my family was? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I wish, I mean, there was a season in my life where we were not close at all. Uh, and what is it? Lilo and Stitch, maybe Ohana means family, (laughs) family means no one gets left behind. Uh, but that's kind of how I've always wished my family was, was, you know, there was a season where we would all have each other's back and, and supported and, you know, cheer each other on and everything. But over the years we got really distant and, you know, a lot of drama, a lot of, a lot of different things happened in that, uh, you know, to cause that. But, uh, man, when I, my view of family and something I try to emulate in my home is that we are a team, we are Mm -hmm. a unit. Uh, we have each other's back. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Absolutely. Like, you you know, like, you know, we're going to look out for each other. We're going to pick each other up. We're going to, you know, tear down the walls and have those conversations. Yeah. Like, that's how I always, and you said it, like, just that, that closeness and that togetherness that we would have. And that may be physically, that may be emotionally. Uh, you know, you may, yeah. need, you, mean, you may need to go to your separate corners physically. Uh, but emotionally, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be close in that and we're going to be together. So that's what I, 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 would hope, you know, a relationship uh, of a yeah. healthy family would, would look like. And, you know, obviously, if you're a believer, if you, if you, uh, if you're a believer, you want Christ to be at the center. So a, a, a maybe a, a Christ filled home where that's mm-hmm. not just something you do on Sundays, but that's a part of your everyday life um, is, is what I is what I strive for is what I wish. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up uh, what like the perfect family because <clears throat> that's yeah. an oxymoron. Yeah. We're, we're all he- it, it's like the perfect Christian, you know. It's yeah. like there, there was only one Jesus yeah. because uh, we're humans. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Sometimes our actions don't align with what we actually think and believe and want to happen. And I know that's the case for my own life. I also know that's probably the case for some of the things your parents have done yeah. that maybe you hold some resentment toward, uh, and maybe it's even recent, but. 
Um, one thing you can't do is uh, you can't you can't major on the actions, and you, you have to focus on your attitude. That's some Good. of the most important thing that you can do because that's a, really one of the few things you can control mm-hmm. right there in in that moment. And um, you, you can't control your parents' actions. You can't control sometimes your actions, but you can always control your attitude. And, and I'll never forget when um, Beckham was born, my son, um, somebody gave me, uh, a, an observation. It wasn't even a piece of advice, but they were like, <laughs> Hey, no, it is great. It changed oh, okay. my perspective on everything. It was like, Hey, your main goal is not to raise this kid. Your main goal is to enjoy this kid. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Oh, that one that took all the pressure off. Mm-hmm. And I even think that with like my parents, like sometimes here's what I know. You're going to have to be the parent sometimes as an 18, 19, 20, 21 mm-hmm. young adult, mm-hmm. you are going to have to be the parent in yeah. some situations. And, and the hope is that you don't have to, like, that would be awesome if you did not But some of us, like once we reach an adult, we're like, Oh, I thought I'd have more figured out by now. <laughs> um, and you don't, and you realize, Oh, my parents didn't either. Okay. <laughs> so, sometimes there's that too. They're just doing the best that they could with, with what they had. But sometimes you're going to have to step up and be the parent. Like, like if you are a Christ follower and they aren't, you know, right. it, it, obviously it doesn't mean you're better than them. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some of that, yeah. but uh, yeah. it doesn't mean that at all. And it doesn't mean that you have to like shove Jesus down their throat. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to give them an ultimatum of like, well, you, you know, you choose this or I'm out of here. Yeah. No, the, the whole point is like your attitude makes a huge difference. Your attitude of just saying, Hey, uh, I'm going to enjoy the family that I have. Yes. We mess up. Yes. We make mistakes, mm-hmm. but, um, that unconditional love that Jesus gives me, I'm going to give to them. And that's important. But uh, how do you honor your parents, even if you kind of disagree on an issue? And it could be a small issue. It could be a big issue. But how do you make sure that even when when you're like, they don't deserve any honor, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay. How do you keep that friendship? How do you keep that attitude as you kind of move forward in that? Yeah, I mean, well, you kind of touched on it. It's like you, I think it's like control the controllables, control. You're just going to say it much better. Ad- yes. <laughs> this is what Heather does. Yeah, no. this is she a master. Got, yes. She's a master yep. at it. All right. Make us sound good. Heather has never had an original thought. She just- <laughs> I like how she talks about herself in third person. Too. You notice that. You notice that too. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. But seriously, like I think there has to be that mutual respect of like, you know, maybe it's just like defining what the goal is for that conversation. If it is a conversation you're going to have, if it's like a political conversation where there's differences or a spiritual conversation where there's differences or whatever that conversation is, I think it's, you know, being realistic about what the goal of that conversation is. Because I think sometimes, and I know for me, I do this all the time. I'm like, my goal for this conversation is I'm going to change your mind. (laughs) Like I'm going to make you believe what I believe and there will be no resolution until I get that, you know, and it's just such a selfish standpoint. Um, and it's rooted in pride, which you'll notice a theme that pride shows up a lot in my life (laughs) and that's just one small way. But I, I think it's just, you know, being realistic about what that, what your goal is for that conversation. And I, I think like where we miss the mark is like, you lose any sort of influence over anybody in your life, but especially your family when all you care about is your opinions being heard. hundred percent. Wow. Like you, yes. especially when you think you're right. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they think they're right. Yes. Like it's, you're so on starting on def- different ends of the spectrum. It's going to be so hard to meet in the middle. And I think too, like there's so many factors that go into things like these, but I think like the generational difference between young adults, millennials and Gen Z's and their parents, typically boomers, like, 
huge differences. Am I right? Like I'm just waiting for you to make some boomer jokes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, boomer. John is a boomer. He watches Facebook stories. Anyway, um, there you go. There it is. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. <laughs> but largely, like, for our parents and the way that they grew up, there wasn't a ton of space for them to have differing opinions or to yeah. have no, kind, to be individualistic. And Gen Z and, and young adults are very individualistic. We know that's one of the defining characteristics of their generation, of our generation. And so you can imagine the, d- the divide there already, right? When we go into conversations like this, because I think, you know, my parents especially, like they were raised in an environment where it's like respect authority, kind of sit down, shut up, like don't speak unless spoken yeah. to. And if you do have any sort of opposition, uh, it's almost disrespectful. Like mm-hmm. to disagree is to be disrespectful. And being disrespectful is like a huge thing, right, for for that kind of generation. And then, again, like as young adults, we're individualistic, we're justice-oriented, we're activists, and and we have opinions and we are not afraid to share those opinions. And I think that can be a really, really good thing. But I also can clearly see where the divide comes between young adults and their parents, especially when there is a differing opinion. And so just my, my challenge and my encouragement to, to young adults and to myself, and I find myself having to do this is like understanding their perspective, understanding your parents' perspective or your siblings' perspective, um, while still understanding yours, right? You don't, you know, there, there can be a balance of that, but I, I just think it's important, you know, to, to take into consideration kind of their viewpoint and their perspectives, why they see the world the way that they do, or why they see this situation the way that they do, uh, in the same way that you do. And, and I heard this quote recently, that's kind of been life-changing for me is like, we don't often see the world or the situation for what it is. We see it like the way that we see ourselves. Yes. And, oh, like when you break that down, at least for me, it was kind of like a a punch to the gut, you know? And so I hear so many young adults say, like, especially when coming off of an election year, right? It's like, I just can't even talk to my parents because every conversation turns this way and, and we disagree. And yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of the, the family dynamic we're always going to have, you know, we're, we're, we're humans, we're all broken humans. And so, uh, there's all these things that, that can create a divide. But I think, you know, trying to keep the, the unity at the center of that, not me convincing you that I'm right and you are wrong. Um, and then just respecting, you know, always keeping respect at the center of that, I think is going to, to help. And it doesn't make it easy. It really doesn't. Because at the end of the day, like if you believe something, I'm sure you believe that it is right. And you want other people to believe that, but, uh, you know, pursuing a relationship with that person, regardless, I think, um, is what Jesus did. So <laughs> yeah, and it's so easy to do that with your boss or yeah. with your coworker mm-hmm. or your friend or you know that who you know whoever you're around a lot. But uh, usually that doesn't transfer over to my parents. You know, I don't <laughs> seek to understand their point of view 100%. before uh, they understand me. Yeah, um, I can do that with somebody else, but it yeah, I'm just like oh, that doesn't translate with family. Yeah. No, I. Uh, for this one, is, is why are all these questions so tough for me? Uh, <laughs> it's my family dynamic, I guess. It just makes yeah. it tough. But it, it, I think just, and you said it uh, at the beginning a little bit, just, you know, the goal of it 
Is mm-hmm. the goal to be right or is mm-hmm. it to 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 be righteous? You mm-hmm. know, to be to to be Christ-like, to 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 be an example, to be a light, to, to be have loving. A relationship. Uh, when I leave this table and we disagree, do I want? Is the goal for us to leave enemies or is it to mm-hmm. leave closer or a better understanding of mm-hmm. one another? Um, and I think I think that is a way you 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 honor in, mm-hmm. in a disagreement. You know, I still have the respect for you, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think both of you guys, both people, have to understand that we are we are individuals. Mm-hmm. Like you're like I think when you're younger, your thoughts are your parents' thoughts. I remember like hearing the conversation at the grown up table and uh-huh. then going to school Absolutely. and repeating all of those Absolutely. things. Like I had no original thought <laughs> until I did. And then it's just like, okay, I had to, you know, really like flesh this out and I yeah. gotta really figure this out. And then, you know, and so I and if you are in a house where you're growing up with your parents, mm-hmm. uh th- your parent could or should be able to see that evolution of mm-hmm. like okay this person's thinking of their own and mm-hmm. like branching out on their own but even if they don't I think it's important to even have that conversation of hey like this is just this is just who I am mm-hmm. this is the stance that I have we may, may not agree but I just want you to know that I love you like yeah. something where you can where you can have that and just know that love is always like we may disagree on yeah uh this or that but we agree that we both love each other and we both want the best for each other so yeah and I think one of the toughest things is just whenever uh, w- when you're both Christians, you're, you and your parents, it's mm-hmm. easy to be like, well, we've always got that foundation in Christ. You know, like yeah. even if we don't believe on it, agree on everything, believe in everything sure. the same, like we, we still have an understanding there that we both, you know, we both want that. But it's tough when, you know, yeah. one's maybe a believer and the other one's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even tougher when you're the believer and mm-hmm. your parents aren't. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I know I'm right. <laughs> on the like you know i yeah. just this is in scripture and yeah. this is you know and it's very easy especially with hot bucket but uh button tickets like mm-hmm. like politics and and even just like who you're dating you know and they have an opinion on that and you're just like no but i you know yeah. it, it's so easy but i think one of the biggest things that we have to remember in any situation like that where you have that gap of one being a christian one not is that uh you don't you don't want to play God, but you want to point them to God. Sure. And I think a lot of times we instantly were just like, ah, oh, let's play God. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, let me show you the ways you're messing up. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the ways that, that that doesn't align with scripture. That doesn't align. I don't even need to respect you or honor you because of that. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, I mean, obviously that, that, that makes it really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's God's job, you know, to, to play God. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Um, but I've seen that over and over and over again. And that's where so many young Christians, especially because, because most are young adults. They recently become a Christian because that didn't happen when they were in yeah. home with their parents. And then they come back and they're like, well, I, I, I don't even know if I can like live with them or go, go hang out with them. And during Christmas, cause like we just believe so differently now. Mm. And it's like, oh, you're like, you're missing the point. Yep. So you're, you're totally missing the point. And they're like, well, if I do, I have to make sure to save them. And mm. saving them was never their job yeah. <laughs> or yeah. your job. And if uh, that is your, if that is like not your goal to save them, but our job is to point them to Jesus. You, you do that through relationship. You yeah, do that. Absolutely. You can't do that by building a no, wall you with absolutely. that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, try to, try to keep that relationship. You may have to swallow your pride into oh, it. You yeah, may have absolutely. to, uh, you know, you, you may have to like, you know, bite your tongue a little bit, but I think it's worth it when you they see the love and this acceptance that even though we disagree, you're showing them the love of Christ. And that is how you get people to come in and experience someone who can change their life, you know? Absolutely. And we, we you know, we've used terms like, you know, you don't have to be right. You want a relationship and you don't mm-hmm. have to change others, just love others. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this, but 
at what point do we finally hit a spot where we're like, man, this may be unhealthy to continue to hold on to this relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've talked to a lot of young adults where I'm like, wow, I just can't even believe their parents would do that. I just Mm -hmm. can't even believe that situation that they're in. And I'm like, I don't even know how I would handle that, let alone if I was 18 years old Hmm. handling that. Um, but at, at what point, like, do I know that this relationship is toxic and unhealthy and I need to start limiting my time with them? Mm-hmm. And, at, you know, like, at, or at what point, you know, am I just like, oh, I'm not doing any self-reflecting and it's totally kind of part, partly me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, for, for me and in my life, I've, I've had to do this with family. I've had to do this with my mom and, uh, it came to the point where, uh, you know, that relationship just became unhealthy. I've had to like, carry a lot and uh, to the point where I am parenting my, my parent. I am literally bailing my mom out of jail. I am getting the late phone calls. I am, you know, doing wow. all this other stuff. And uh, one, it, it, it was really messing with my mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was just a lot of scarring, a lot of bruising. And I realized that I could not heal with the person who was causing me pain. Absolutely. Uh, and so I had to put that distance in there to be able to finally stand up. Like that, just that picture of like, okay, I've, I've been knocked down and I start to get up and then boom, I get knocked down again. I get up, say, so I literally was like crawling away from the situation uh, and then having to stand on my own feet before I could ever engage in the mm-hmm. conversation uh, or even be around, be even in the same room mm-hmm. uh, as that because there's just so much pain and trauma that, that would come to that. Uh, it, I will say it made it easier when I did have my own family because mm-hmm. it's like my family's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I have to protect. It's easy for me to set boundaries in that. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, how do you know? Uh, how did I know? Uh, again, just the the mental health aspect. It was affecting my relationships. It was it was going into my other relationships yeah. of how I would treat people, and uh, you know, I I would I would push people away. My relationships were. Uh, it, it was it was impact. I couldn't trust anybody. I couldn't, and I'm like, this is not how I want to be. This is not mm-hmm. the life that I want to be. I'm turning into somebody I do not want to be, and I do not like. I do right. not recognize. Uh, I am a joyful guy. I'm a happy guy, but then I'm in this drought of just like pain and depression and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So I'm like, I have to get right yeah. uh, for me. Uh, but then as I got older and this, and this is going over a span of years, I have to get right for the people who love me. And, mm-hmm. and as I'm in a place of leadership and as I'm in, as I'm having my own family, I'm like, okay, I have to create these boundaries so I can continue to grow. And I would just say, I know I threw around the word toxic and unhealthy <laughs> and things like that. And I just want you to be very real with yourself yep. and just make sure that it's not just like, well, I don't hear what I want to hear yeah. when oh, I talk to them. Yeah. And, and, and yes, yeah. it, you know, it's just, it's not always, it, it's just uncomfortable sometimes right. to be like, I, I want you to full, like really do some, some auditing in your life and make sure that it's actually big things. And, and if you're both believers, I, I would venture to say that it may not be very toxic unless one is just very extreme to one side, you know, one side. Um, but I would venture to say you could probably work that out, but I absolutely, there are definitely situations where, Mm -hmm. yeah. How, how in the world could you heal, you know, in, in that? Yeah. In the same environment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think like just doing the the audit and just being really honest with yourself. We all know when there's a situation in our life that is causing us unhealth. (laughs) Um, and so I think just being really honest with yourself and, and calling it what it is and owning your part of it, whether that part is 50% or 100%, yeah. own whatever your percentage is. And I think voice that too, especially 
Um, and, and just set the boundary. And I, th- I, I think a lot of people, a lot of young adults and myself included, we've, we've set all these boundaries, like in our friendships and our relationships and our work life. And, but for some reason we're just like taught and told, or we've accepted through some sort of reason that we can't set boundaries with family. Like <laughs> family should have access to you all the time. And I, I just don't think that's true. I'm not, I don't have all the answers. I don't get to say this for everybody, but um, I think that every relationship in your life stems from your personal, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health. And if there's a missing link there, if there's wires that aren't connecting, then I don't, I think it's harder to get to health in all those other areas of your life. And so- Love is given, access is earned. earned. Like I, I believe that a hundred percent when you said that. Because I mean, our job is to guard our heart. Yeah. You know, ab- above all else, guard your heart for yeah. it determines the course of your life. And like, both of those things can exist together. Yep. I mean, like I can love you, but I can still keep you at a distance because it's healthy for me, healthy for you. Therefore, Absolutely. we'll be healthy for everyone around us. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think that looks different for you. And like John said, toxicity is not disagreement. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, toxicity is not you won't listen to me. That's not that there's some very real, uh, things that exist in, in your family life. I don't know what that is, but I, I encourage you if it is time apart, I encourage you to take that. And again, just like, don't just ghost your family and say, you know what, I'm just going to drop off the face of the earth because I feel disrespected. And when I feel like it, I'll come back and we can talk about it. Give context, own your part, uh, set that boundary and just ask that they would respect it. And I think if somebody continually disrespects that boundary, set a, another one, set a firmer one, yeah. uh, really create that distance. But, you know, I think just don't sit in it, process through that however you need to. I know community is a really good place to process that. Maybe community uh, is just a first step and maybe a next step for you would be therapy. I know that's been right. um a really good place for me to process some things, especially family dynamics as I'm, you know, starting to create my own family. Um, and I didn't even realize how many things I needed to process through until I started, uh, that therapy. And I was just like, Oh wow, maybe I should like invest in some more therapy, (laughs) (laughs) um, other than premarital counseling and really start unpacking some of this stuff. So yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to set that boundary with with your family, but 100% own your part too. You said yeah. don't sit in it, and I think that's so good. Like, if I can encourage anybody as someone who comes from a broken family mm-hmm. and a, a, a dysfunctional at times is, is deal with it. Yeah. Like, deal with it now because you will carry it. You don't think it has – you don't think that trauma, you don't think that information or that drama impacts so you, but you – like, I am five years into my marriage, and there is still stuff that, yeah. is, that I'm wow. carrying from – 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so deal with it however you need. If that's a if that's a conversation that needs to be had with your family, have it. So uh, if, if that is therapy, do it. If that is getting in community, do it. Because mm-hmm. I think, uh, again, it'll it'll weigh you down and it, it impacts you more than you realize it does. And, and the yeah. things that are toxic, are they really toxic or are you just afraid to have the conversation? Because mm-hmm. there's some things that you're like, I didn't know you felt that way. I mm-hmm. didn't know. Like these are things that you can deal with on a conversation yeah. if you're just afraid to have the conversation. But even yeah. those like like real toxic things, sit, talk about it, deal with it Absolutely. as quick as you can. Don't let it linger. Don't let it fester. Don't let it grow yeah. into other areas. In your I love life. that. This, the last thing I'll say is, 
I love that you said that because there's so many things like generational trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma or just generational mindsets or approaches to conflict and and things like that. I know one thing I've mentioned in my family, we just don't really talk about stuff a lot. Right. And so I've realized again through therapy and and community is like, I don't like to talk about things a lot. I don't, I have a problem with being vulnerable and it's shown up in my relationship with my fiance and, and just in other, you know, facets of my life for sure too. But, and it's so easy to be like, well, that's just how it is in my family. Like it's just how I was raised. It's what I'm used to. We don't talk about things. So I'm not going to talk about things, but what happens there is then my kids aren't going to talk about things Absolutely. and then their yeah. kids aren't going to yes. talk about things. And that's how you create this generational trauma or generational whatever that maybe isn't actually suiting you well, your family well. And, and I, I saw this somewhere. It said it ran in my family until it ran into me. Yep. And I think that is such an empowering, liberating thing is like, it may have rain in your family. You may have mm-hmm. only seen divorce, right? You may yep. have only seen broken families, whatever, but that doesn't mean like, that's not, that's not your getaway. <laughs> that's yeah. not your crutch, right? That's not something that you get to just use and say, well, this just is how it is for me. This is all I've ever seen. So I can't, I can't rise no, above that. That's not true. It's possible for you it's to have so that. It's so possible yep. for you. And it's going to take work and it's going to be harder because you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. But man, look, think of how different your family is going to look generations from now if you do do that work. Yep. And it's, it's hard. And you know, like I always say, it's easy to sit behind a mic and say, but you know, if there's things that run into your family, let you be the last thing that it ran into and it doesn't run into your family anymore. Reach. Boom. <laughs> I, I will say, hey, as we wrap up, I'm glad we use this word boundary too, because uh, boundaries can be moved. It's not a maximum security right. prison, Good. right? Mm-hmm. Those things can be moved from time to time. So even if you did have to set some boundaries and take some space, I know we I've experienced that with, with some of Mel's family mm-hmm. where, um, you know, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of trauma. And then as soon as we had a kid, you know, yeah. ba- want to be back in our life 24 yeah. seven. And it's like, uh, Okay. Have you changed? Are you different? Like what, what do you, and I know there's young adults that are in that spot too. And I just say, Hey, you can start bringing in the boundaries and see, you know, uh, obviously it doesn't mean you, you give them complete access, like what we've talked mm-hmm. about. That's, that's earned. Um, uh, but that means that, man, I think that you should fight for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's important. And I know at, at some point you're not, you're probably not ready and that's okay. You don't <laughs> have to, but at some point I think you will be ready. Mm-hmm. And to start, uh, using some of those boundaries to serve that relationship and to say, okay, well, yeah, if you want to see me, we can do from this time to this time mm-hmm. and it, in a public location. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Yep. And, and then start reeling it back and start reeling it back. Start, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can set whatever boundaries you need yeah. to set for that, you know, and, and if you leave and you're just like, wow, dagger after dagger into my, into my jugular, you know, where, whereas like, clearly I feel way worse by meeting than I did before. That's a great key indicator of, yep. of what's going on. Um, but I think, yeah, man, I, I would just say that's not lost forever. If you do set those boundaries, that's not forever. Um, that can be, uh, that can be pulled in as well, but Hey, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks son. We, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks kiddo. This thanks nice. dad, mom. So glad to be here with you guys. I learned a lot and, uh, if you have any thoughts, any questions, any um, things, things you, you want to talk hear. about? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, email us. What is the point at northpointchurch.tv or as always, slide into those DMs at <laughs> NP the Point. We love you. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.